podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We are here. I'm not even logged into it. I'm in. I'm on air. We are alive. Oh, well, I don't know what's happened there. Sorry to the listeners who have missed the first bit. Um, it was like a sentence. We'll be okay. Yeah, we, we were just introducing. Kane's here. Rob's not. Sam Masters isn't here either. He's probably at a meeting in Sheffield, just going to get called off. But Speedway. Yeah, pretty speedway, isn't it? And Robert Lambert's not turned up at Kings Lynn. Soon. So, and Jason Edwards has just beaten Matty Zagar as well. Whoa, what a rider. <laughs> he scored more lot last week. Anyway, oh. back to the news from this week. And as we said, um, we're coming to the end of our shows for this season. Um, as the season draws to a close, we're doing our reviews for the National Development League, starting with those who were unfortunate to miss out on the playoffs. So, Armadale, Plymouth and Kent. Um, we'll wrap up our predictions league as well as uh, I suppose we have to we touched on it slightly during our last show but uh, congratulations to Bellevue who are the Premiership champions for 2022 um, they beat Sheffield in the final last week Heat 14 they won it in the end and it ended a 29 year wait for a league title so well done to Bellevue Kane Worthy winners I would say even if they didn't have one but I think they would have won yeah, probably the be- the best team over the course of the season. Um, hmm. I suppose you could say they didn't win the league, so maybe they weren't, but they won it when it mattered. So uh, well done to um, uh, Chef- uh, Sheffield Bellevue. And just to wrap up our predictions then, and I have to remember where we're going back to, but I actually think it was the Sheffield Bellevue meeting. And Kane, you picked the right time to pick up three points. Oh, I'm just, I am just really good at a 50-40 Sheffield victory. A proper late um, flourish from your boy, apart from the next four, but we don't talk about those ones. Yeah, no, uh, me and Rob got a point in that one as well. Um, so, after that, Leicester then be Milden Hall in what was the first leg of their knockout cup, quite convincingly in the end. Uh, but we all picked up a point from that one. And then Mel- Milden Hall overcame Berwick. Um, in the second leg of their uh, playoff semi-final to join Leicester in the final. So we all picked up a point from that. Um, then, unfortunately for me, came the first leg of the knockout cup between Kingsland and Sheffield, which I don't really want to talk about too much. But as it was, Sheffield came out on top. So yourself and Rob, you picked up a point from that. Yeah. And then, um, unfortunately, the next four fixtures, as is the case at the end of October, have all been called off because of the weather, and we're still Lovely. looking to complete quite a lot of fixtures before the end of the season um, in, in such a short space of time, which is, always seems to be the case in this country. But um, just to wrap up the end of our predictions, we've got the National Development League predictions as well, so where we predicted teams would come in the league. Um, I managed to get one out of eight correct, so I cor- correctly predicted Leicester would finish top. Uh, Rob, Rob had Armadale at the bottom, um, so he got one out of eight as well. And Kane, you managed to get two out of eight of this. You had Kent in sixth and Armadale in eighth. And I had Plymouth in first. 
Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I overlooked that one for you. I, I just want to say that, like, I was ridiculed for that for the entire season, but who who got the most right? Me. Well, yeah, you. Me. I, I got the top one right, though, to be fair. Yeah, but you're the other one's wrong, so... So, in the end, um, the points look like this. Rob has got 52. Kane, you're now in second on 42. Um, oh, in fact, I've got that wrong. I know oh. that is right, and I've got 40. That is correct. And all we've got left is, after the two meetings today, is our Premiership predictions. Because as Rob isn't here, we won't predict any more of the fixtures. I don't think we're ever going to catch him anyway, to be fair. He's that far ahead now. Yeah. We could give him a 10-point deduction for not turning up. I mean, this is the second time, isn't it? He's not turned up. I mean, you know, three strikes and you're out. If he isn't here next week, then I think he's banned. Well, we're bringing a a celebrity guest in if he's not here. Ryan Mitchell, again. (laughs) Not for me this time. Um, So, we shall move on. Um, Now we've got all the formalities out of the way, we will move on to what now becomes our... National Development League reviews of the season and unfortunately we have to start somewhere and we will be starting with the team that finished bottom of the league this year which was the Armadale Devils. Um, quite a, a tough season for them in the end both on track and off track. Um, obviously there's the the surrounding issues about whether they will be in action again next year. Um, Kane I don't know if you've heard any more. I, I heard there's a strong rumour that the landlords might give them one more year I've seen a couple things, but they were on the British Forum, so take it with a little bit of a big pinch of salt. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, probably gloss over this a little bit. Then. Yeah, I've seen that there might be at Armadale. I've also seen someone say they might be building a Newcastle. Um, and then there was someone saying about Glasgow. But, I mean, it's better than no news, I suppose. But we just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, we're certainly doing that. We'll go for Edinburgh in the Championship as well. But uh, if we just run through their season in numbers, so to speak, um, as we mentioned, Armadale finished the season in eighth um, after finishing five, fifth out of six last year. Uh, one bright, bright, bright point to come out of this season, I suppose, would be their second place in the uh, in the pairs. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that meeting was a bit wild in general because I think Plymouth came third as well. Yeah, they did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, one without being a dick. It's it's one of the many, one of the few positives to take from a pretty poor season, to be fair. But you know, medals are medals. You'll take them when you get them. Fair news. Congratulations. Uh, go Armadale. Clap clap. <laughs> I suppose just looking looking at their league campaign, uh, they weren't in the knockout cup themselves. They managed to win two. Two meetings all season, which was two home meetings. Um, they finished with a flourish in the end. Um, no, they didn't. I was thinking. There was a, li- a little bit of a. There was back to back home wins, and then uh, they, Leicester turned up. Yeah, they, they they managed to beat Plymouth, and then Bellevue in the end they beat it at home as well. So they finished with somewhat of a flourish before they went down um, at home to Leicester. Um, so two wins out of fourteen in the end is not a great record. Um, so big improvements needed for next season, I suppose, is where we're heading with this one. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised they finished fifth last season. I, I thought the game lost again, but yeah, I think it was a bit dodgy with the Newcastle and um, Eastbourne pulling out as well. But, you know, yeah. it's... Um, they were hampered big time at the start with 
when they lost William Lawson. Um, but I know they got Compline in, um, and a few things didn't work out with you know Lewis Miller and somebody else. I think George, maybe George Rothery had a crack. George Rothery, yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's just one of them things. It's not like it was a bit. They were on the back foot before they even got started in that sense. But I mean, yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's about development as well. I think if you uh, if you look at their averages, I think. They've had solid years, some of them. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it would be far from what they were hoping for, I would, I would say. Yeah, and I, it's difficult to go in hard on a, a national development team saying how poor they've been, etc., etc. This is this is a league, as is in the title, for development. And I know they've had, uh, how many is it? One, two, three, four. They've had four four trips this season where they've conceded 60. Um, could have been more, but for a curtailed fixture at Berwick at the beginning of the season. And at home, apart from the couple of wins um, and a couple of narrow home defeats, it's been quite big home defeats as well. So uh, looking at the the riders they've had in, as we said, difficult on track as well with the problems. Obviously, at the start of the season, there was rumours going around that William Lawson didn't really want to ride, but in the end had to, I suppose, to get get, uh, Armadale out of jail. Yeah. I I think it was like they'd built the team expecting him to sign on. I mean, he, I think he fell out of love with the sport again or something because he, he's, he's gone back to road racing now, I think. But, yeah. yeah. I think he was using old engines as well, was he not? Yeah, I I, I think I read something that he didn't get new machinery for this year. But, then there was, there was yeah. also rumours of, of the Miller brothers not really being too interested or keen in it anymore as well. Um, I know Gregor actually he finished eleven out of the fourteen meetings at the in, in the end, but Lewis only had eight. Um, bright spots, I suppose. Um, Lee Compline coming in to replace William Lawson. He completed eight eight matches for an average just over eight. Um, Tom Woolley and Danny Phillips with commendable efforts in the end. They both averaged over seven, but it was just the, the strength beneath that where where they were struggling. Yeah, I would say Josh Hamilton's had an okay season. For uh, I think it's his first one back. He, he rode at Newcastle last year, and I think he rode for Birmingham and Leicester a while ago. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's he's had a he's just short of a seven average at home. But there, uh, you know, it's the away form that's sort of let not just him, but it's the team down as well. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, Armadale isn't like any other track in that league, so you know you, you don't expect them to have the same amount of firepower as they would at home. Um, but yeah, it it was a very long tail this year, um, and I, I think it was probably expected as well once uh, the team changed had to be made. Um, I think Rothery was a a big miss. He didn't have a good first match, but I think he had some personal issues as well. And last year, I would say he was a he had a good good season for a debut, but he he never got started this time. Yeah, away away from home, other than. Other than Compline, Phillips, and Woolley, who we've spoken about, not one rider averaged over three points. If you exclude William Lawson, who only had one away meeting in the end, so it's always going to be a difficult season when you've only got three riders really turning up on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Who not good. Yeah, not 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 the ideal situation that they would want to be in, but I suppose it's. 
with every team, there, there has to be a rider of the season. Um, I don't think we, we will have too many hot debates um, on who we think is the rider of the season. Um, but I'll let you go first. Who you who you think is the Armadale rider of the season? I think it has to go to Lee Complin. I think when he came in, he, he helped that team out a bunch. Um, not just scoring-wise, but I think the experiences as well would have helped him. Obviously, Danny and Tom were there as well. Who, you know, they've been around for a few years as well. But, you know, I think when Lee joined... Um, he wasn't having the best time in the championship, and he's dropped down. And he's he's had a solid half season, or just over half a season. Um, sixteen race wins out of thirty-eight, and then um, almost helped Josh him to his first league maximum against Bellevue. So I'm giving yeah. it to Lee Complin. Um, I was Lee Complin's the first name that came into my head, um, and I'll, I'll agree with you. I think he solidified that team somewhat when he came in for, for Lawson. Uh, Danny Phillips would have probably been next in line for me as well um, after that. But I'm, I'm happy to go with Complin as well. Um, I think he's it's a solid foundation and it'll be interesting to see if he returns next year. But that's something we're going to come on to in a bit as well. I, so uh, I, I do have a rumour that he wants to be a more Midlands-based track for next year. Oh, OK. So maybe not. Time will tell. Time will tell. Okay, we'll move on to the um, most improved rider of the season then, which I probably know where you're heading with this one. I actually, yeah, yeah, Josh Emblin, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say Josh Emblin just because he's got that seven point, just short of a seven at home in his second full season. You know, it's it's quite impressive. Even if he's at Armadale, you know, you you can only be what's ahead of you and. You, know, you, you can't take it away from him. The away form isn't anything to talk about, but you know it's it, it's a, a lot higher than what I think people were expecting from Josh this year. So he, if not picked, he has to be given a mention at least. I, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think coming um, for where he is in the averages, he's it's just about right. I think he's a number two at best. He could probably do with a stint at reserve on a 4.71 average. Um, but I think he's he's built on where he was at the beginning of the season, and then to finish with nearly getting a maximum in that last meeting, um, or one from last meeting, is a great achievement for him. And well done to him for for persevering in a in a struggling team. I think my another special mention for me, um, Elliot Kelly is one. Obviously, was meant to start the season at Mildon Hall, uh, retired from the sport, then ended up coming back um, at Armadale. He averaged just below seven at home as well. And again, probably the the best of the rest away from home, shall we say. So he's had uh, a steady, if not spectacular, season there as well. Um, and just one, one name to, to look out for for the future as well. Uh, Kyron Lydon come into the side at the tail end of the season as a replacement. I think that was for Lewis Miller. Um, yeah. Again, not a, not a spectacular start to his career, but he did pick up a victory. Uh, uh, this season um, in a home meeting. So, well done to Kyron for that. And I'll be looking forward to seeing him next season as well. So, um, I suppose we're now coming on to the who they think, who if Armadale were to run next year, who do we think would be staying and who do we think would be going? Where shall we begin? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's difficult to say without knowing a rider's mindset, but 
I think Armadale should be looking particularly to try and keep that top three. But as you say, Compton, if he wants to move to a Midlands track next year, um, I suppose a lot of it will depend on where he's riding in the championship as well. Yeah, I think he's based in Yorkshire. I don't know for sure, but I think he is. Um, I think based based on the fact he's guesting for Ipswich tonight and he's gone to Sheffield at short notice, yeah. I would assume, yeah. So, I, I wouldn't say it's out of the realms of possibility. But, yeah, I think that top three has to stay. Top four, even, with Embleton. Um Yeah. I think, probably, we're looking at the two Millers, Lawson, Rothery, won't be back. I, I tend to think Elliot Kelly probably won't be back as well. Um, so, if I was going to say any, it would be the top four. And Kyron Lydon as well. Yeah. I think Elliot Kelly could do a job for them, but it would get to a point where you've just signed the exact same team. And yeah. you you do need to make some, some improvements elsewhere. And, um, but yeah, I think if Elliot wants a spot, he'll get one somewhere. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to Milton Hall, to be honest. No, I wouldn't. He was, he was having a very good season at Milton Hall um, before his retirement last year, and that's why I was surprised. Yeah, he decided to retire in the end. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things. We've seen it before, you know. Sometimes it's a little break and help you sort of fall back in love with it, I suppose. I think he said he, he was like the main reason he, he was taking the break was because he, he didn't really enjoy it as much as he used to. Yeah. So obviously, you know, if you go into a team with Armadale, well, it probably isn't much pressure on you either. It's he it, it could have, although you are getting hammered twenty, thirty points. You know, it's you know, there's not much expectations on you to go out there. So you want to go out and win, but it's not like you're going to be riding and they're expecting you to go out and win three heats and get in heat 15. You know, it's just go out, try and have some fun, I suppose. Yeah, definitely so. Um, and then I suppose we'll come on to our final grade for Armadale in the end. Um, if, if we were if we were head teachers in a school. What sort of grade would we be given their season? Um, is it mean if I say F? Well, I was only going to go down to E. We'll give him an E. Oh. <laughs> e minus. E minus. E minus. Nah, just because of the, the big win against Bellevue. E. Just an E. Just an E. I can handle an E. It's not been a great season for him. And I, I don't imagine many of the... The fans or riders have uh, enjoyed a lot of the racing, but there's been there's been some bright spots. I'm, yeah, I'm, I want to pick some out, but it's well, difficult. the pairs, the win against Bellevue, yeah. the pairs is, is an obvious one. The, the the last the last one to last home meeting of the season, or even the last two two of the last three at home. And yeah. I mean, even their their defeat at Plymouth in their last away meeting wasn't the worst defeat in the world. In fact, it was their narrowest defeat this season, I believe. So um, there are some positives, and, and they certainly, I think, picked up towards the end of the season. Definitely, but also I, I think we um, we can't go too high when you've nearly been smashed for seventy. Yeah. So it, it's that was a was that a Bellevue? That was, which probably wasn't that. Like I mean, there's a lot of teams that got smashed yeah. at Bellevue. To be fair, so. Um, I won't hold that against them too much. No, it, it happened. Um, and we'll leave it there. 
we, we um oh actually we had a we had a round the boards award that we were going to do as well we did okay. we did uh, what was this you go into some detail i was just thinking like the rider we thought did well possibly not the most improved or uh the best but you know someone who's been solid for them throughout the year like i'm sort of like a middleman you know yeah. he's been key to the to the performances um and if it was me, I would give it to Danny Phillips. I was, I was going to go the other way, actually, and give it to Tom Woolley. Oh. Um, what do we do now, then? I don't know. Fight? I'd win. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Tom Woolley wins. Well, I'm Tom. happy to give it to Danny Phillips, because he used to ride for Kings Lynn, so... Go on, then. Danny Phillips. Danny Phillips. They can share it. Up. They can share it. Danny Phillips and Tom Woolley. I'm just going to give Danny Phillips at this moment. Danny Woolley. Yeah, I'll leave it at that for the time being. And then we'll move on to our next team. Moving and on. And it is the... Re- hey? Moving on. Yeah, moving on before someone makes it liable. But um, Plymouth Centurions and the return to Speedway in the National Development League at Plymouth. Um, again, it's, it's, it's a similar story to that of Armadale with... Um, they finished seventh this season after not being in the league last year. But in in the pairs themselves, they also finished in the top three as well. Um, a third place finish for them, ably assisted by uh, Adam Roynan in the end. Um, what a guy. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Adam Roynan, who come back to help out Plymouth in their their hour, hour of need. It's been a difficult season for, for both Plymouth sides in the end um, to even track it how they've managed to track teams week on week, I will never know. But again, a similar similar theme to that of Armadale. Just been so unlucky with injuries this season. Yeah, I think Dan Jokes is the main one to point out there. And Henry Atkins. Um, not to an injury, but you, you've theoretically lost your top two at the, like a week in, well, maybe a month into the season. And um, they never really recovered, to be fair. I know Tyden Warden helped. Um, you know, Reese Naylor and, and David Abraham. And was it Ben Phillips? Ben Phillips coming in for one meeting as well. Yeah. It's, um, Henry was in that. He was on like a five point average, but you were waiting for it to go up to probably like a seven or an eight. A bit like Joel Cook at Kent. Um, so it was sort of like an irreplaceable signing. Um, obviously with Dan, um, again he was he was on a high average, and you, you were expecting high points from every week. And um, but yeah, when, when he had the accident and wheeled him out for the season, again, you know you could get guests in and so on. But I, I still think it's sort of a in some matches you would rather just have your main guy because running with guests doesn't really help you. It, it's better than nothing, obviously, but. You know, you sign you sign them for a reason. You don't sign them to have them be guested for every week instead. But yeah, it, it was out of their control. Yeah, as we said, only only two wins out of fourteen in the end this season for Plymouth. Um, a home win against Bellevue, um, and then they finished off with a home win against Armadale as well, um, just to boost confidence going into the uh, into next season. Um, Probably a couple, a couple of narrow defeats on the road, but 
that's all they were in the end. They managed to pick up a point at uh, Kent towards the end of the season, which is no mean feat. Uh, Kent were a good home side, um, so they've done well to pick up anything from there. But as you say, the injury to Dan Jilks really upset their season. Um, yeah. Again, another injury to Ben Trigger as well at a vital time, just as he was becoming good into the main body of the team. He ended up being their number two, I believe, by the end of the season, or number three. Um, losing Henry Atkins as well, I believe. Uh, Connor King left as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, Eli Meadows was really struggling, um, and he left after six meetings, averaging just below one. Um, Reese Naylor, coming out of retirement, um, I thought had a really good season. Yeah. Um, averaging just over the five mark. Um, and then David Abraham, um, finished seven meetings in the end, but he struggled as well. Um, just four of his hit races coming in the top two. Um, in terms of, um, I think we've gone through the league yet, but in terms of the um, riders themselves, I suppose we should look at who we think is their rider of the season then, Kane. I think it's a bit of a tricky one. Because I don't know if we can pick Jilks or Ryan because they've only done four and three matches. So I'm going to give it to Ben Trigger instead. I think he's been one of the key signings. Obviously, he's a local rider as well. But, you know, some of his scores this season, especially at home, have been outstanding for his debut season. I think he's only 15 as well. So he's one of them names that probably to keep an eye on as well. Um, when they're signed, you know, you'd expect him to at least hold his own. I'd say he's done, a, done more than that, Just, Finishing short of a six average, but yeah, it's um, like I said in the team of the season, he, he was part of my shortlist. Um, so yeah, he's got to be up there. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, no, Ben Trigger was exactly the same person I was thinking of as well. This is going quite well. No, yeah, we're really good at this. <laughs> it's a good job Rob's not here. We'd be arguing all night. He'd have picked Ivan Meadows, Ben Phillips, hadn't he? <laughs> ben Barker. Yeah, ben- Ben Trigger's the one. <laughs> Hans Anderson. Yeah. Ben Trigger's the one that stands out to me um, from the amount of matches completed. Um, I know Richard Andrews did actually average uh, higher than him in the end, but um, Ben Trigger's a, a relative novice uh, at this standard. Um, I believe he did. He make a he made a championship appearance for Plymouth as well as a guest. I, I think believe. he made two. Um, I think one of them was when they they, sat, they brought that. Well, they brought a team to pool. I don't know if you would call it a championship team. Yep, I remember that, yeah. But I think he had a, a, one or two home meetings, maybe, as well. Yeah, so he's done, um, Richard Andrews, is obviously, he's got a bit more experience than Ben at this level. Um, and this is why I'd go for Ben. Ben's elevated himself from his assessed average at the beginning of the season to, to just below six and um, made himself a, a probably a vital signing for next season as well. Absolutely. Um, so, then we're moving on to the most improved rider. Um, I'll let you, you start this one off. Are you going to let me start on this one? I am. I almost want to go... I almost want to go for the same person. I I might do that as well. I, I want to go for Ben Trigger as well, and, and I'll talk through the, the reasons why... I mean, obviously, as we've mentioned, Dan Jilks, Adam Roynan... Someone like Reese Naylor as well don't come into a category of most improved, I don't think. Um, Henry Atkins obviously had very few meetings. I don't think Connor King lived up to his potential that he could have done, as he's proved later in the season. 
as he's moved on. Um, again, Ben Phillips and Eli Meadows haven't had great improvements this season. And Adam Extance has been a, a consistent throughout the season, but I don't believe he's shown great improvements. So that's why I'm going to go for Ben Trigger for this one as well. I just think over the course of the season, um, he, has, he has built himself into a very good rider and only that knee injury at the end of the season has, has stopped him from probably progressing even further. Yeah. Um, I would say he's without a doubt been their, their best rider this season and yeah, if, if it wasn't for the Jilks injury, I would have, I still would have expected them to maybe not finish first, like I said, but they would have been up there for sure. You know, you've lost two big riders and I expected Ben to do well and I wouldn't have said he might have done six point average well, but you know, fair, fair play. It's and for that reason, he's he's got to be the most improved. I would think. Yep. It's not often you get a rider who, on the debut season comes in and does that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's probably a few more that we'll go through as we as we do these reviews. Um, one name certainly springs to mind to me at the moment. But um, <laughs> moving on to the next one, then will be who we think might be retained next season. And this isn't a controversial opinion, but I'm going to see what you think. Considering Dan Jilks has probably missed two of the last three seasons um, through injury, COVID, etc. I I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Jilks is back at Plymouth with Ben Trigger. I think it will either be Dan or Adam. Which way are we going? I think they, they can't keep them both. No, well, no. Could, but... Well, they could try. Um, I just think a, a ten point four average. I don't expect the points limit to be over forty. I think it'll be maybe thirty seven something again, maybe thirty eight, thirty nine. So I, I think it, it might just sway them away. You know, obviously Adams had a just slightly higher average than Dan at home, but I think. I do not think that the average might be higher though. When you consider the riders who have increased averages in terms of your three-point riders, and I'm thinking of off the top of my head, your Ace Pipers, your Mason Watsons, uh, your Ben Triggers. Um, can I think of any more? Your Freddie Hodders. Scott. Your Archie Freemans, your Jody Scotts. All these riders have increased averages quite significantly. Yeah. Max Perry as well, sorry, is another one. Would they not? Would that not make them put the average up again? Because I don't know what there is to now come in to other than I'm thinking Ashton Bowen and Luke Colleen still to come in and Luke Harrison. What other three point riders are there available of, of that standard that you could see popping up and, and doing as well as these riders have all done? Um, honestly, I don't know. I, I I think you've just said the three that they're the ones to watch for next year. You know, the, there's no one else that springs to mind at least. Um, I would like them to up the average a little bit, but when you do that, you know, it, it does it opens the opportunity for them to pit people to sign like a Dan Jilks or maybe even like a for, for the sake of not trying to think of a rider a bit worse. Maybe like a Paul Stark, someone who shouldn't be in that league, but Max mathematically, Bain. from what they've had this season, could end up there. And if you have the average limit upped, then you know it's uh, 
it's a double-edged sword, really. You know, you can up it to try and help the youth, or there's, there's some people that will just take advantage of it and sign the more experienced riders, but I still think there's a space in this league for the experienced riders as well. You know, you, you can't sign seven, 16-year-olds and expect them to just know what they're doing. Yeah. You need some experience in the team to, you know, when things aren't going particularly perfect, then, you know, they can put them in the right direction. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't... I don't like the points limit being 30s. I think it has to be 42. 40, 42 is what it should be. You know, 14 oh, hits, yeah. seven riders, 42 for points. reasons, yeah, as you've just alluded to there, 42 should be the limit. Across all leagues for me as well. Mm. I would maybe even change the conversion as well to yeah. sort of try and block out the championship riders. But yeah, it's um, it's one of those things that Whatever they do, someone's not going to be happy, and it's probably going to be us. So <laughs> we just have to leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I think the whole Dan Jilk situation is going to come down to what the limit's going to be because you know you've got Ben who's gone from a three to a five point nine six six nine whatever. Yeah, you know Reese Neal has up his average by two. It's um, it's, it's not ideal, but. It's Speedway. You know, it's a numbers game at the end of the day. Someone's going to yeah. miss out, and I'd much rather it be Dan Jilks and Ben Trigger. I think if Dan Jilks is fit, which you imagine, given six months' time, he probably will be, he'll have bigger fish to fry, with the greatest respect to these yeah. riders. Um, I know he has he, been back on a bike for a few months now as well. So he could, he could just, because he's missed them two years as well, he might just plump to go for a number eight birth in the premiership if rules allow it and a, and another championship another championship stint at Plymouth as well which I think will probably happen so uh, that's what I think it'll, it'll be I don't think it'll be in the National League but you know the, it, you never say never we've seen stranger things happen yeah so I think in terms of anyone else if there's anyone else in that team do you think that they'll be back I mean, the obvious two that I'm looking at are, are Andrews and Extants. Will they come back? I would say maybe Neil and Abraham. I don't think obviously Abraham's it's his first season, and if Neil has got the bug, then he's not had a bad first year to come back. Yeah. But you know, I I, I think that maybe would have hoped a little bit more from Andrews and Extants. They've not had outstanding seasons, and then you know the rest have sort of just sort of been in and out, so it's not been ideal for them. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would wouldn't be surprised if Plymouth had a more or less major rebuild for next next season. Maybe we only see one or two come back. Because I think yeah. I think, like I said, I think Dan depends on numbers. Adam depends on numbers. Ben would be the only one I'd say say is like a dead set. And then you know you could have Reese and Abraham. Chewins and then Extants and Andrews, you'd ex- you'd think they could up their averages, but at the same time, you would have ex- thought they had a better season than what they have. So, if, if a better rider comes comes not calling and they think he can do a job, like maybe Alfie Bortel, you know, and then they build a team around him, like they would with Dan. Um, you never know. Sorry, I was just looking at something else then. Something else just uh, caught my eye. I was looking at the British Youth Championships because I wanted to see what riders might become available coming into the league. 
I honestly, I, I have no idea. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a youth meeting. I've got, they've got one at the end of this month, uh, Kent, I believe, which is for. I did see that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to look. Um, who, unfortunately, it doesn't give me the ages of these people. But um, sorry, Owen Booth is another one. He was given his chance at uh, um, Armadale at the end of this season, weren't he? Yeah, I think um, he got two points in his debut match. So. Yep, he's yeah. one as well. Got, uh, Leyland Richardson <clears throat> um, was another one. Um, Working some legend, Leyland Richardson. So he's another one that will be coming into the fold as well. Billy Budd. We both know Billy, don't we? I know the show, sort of, technically not really. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you've got the Luke Harrisons, there's Charlie Wood, William Cairns, Ashton Vale. There's a couple Ashton of names. Ashton Vale, I think he's one to keep an eye on. There's a couple of names that have popped up uh, to I, us. Uh, I don't really know him, but he, when you said the name, I, he, something went in my brain that I, I think he is actually all right. Well, these two guys, William Cairns and Ashton Vale, were those that were around... Um, uh, they were on the continent with Luke Harrison. Yeah, that was it. Um, did I say uh, Max James, uh, Sonny Springer is another one that cropped up as well. Um, there's some good riders that I saw in the um, in the 150, 125 classes as well. Um, obviously, they won't be old enough just yet. But Oliver Bovingdon, Seth Norman, Archie Rolf, I saw them at Kings Lynn earlier in the season. Really good looking prospects they are. And of course, as long as he follows in the footsteps of his brother. Um, and his dad, Steen Piper, as well. He's another Absolutely. One Absolutely. Another one to look out for in the future. Um, I just want to see where some of these... I wanted to look where some of these live. Not that I'm stalking them or anything, but... <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> it might give you a little bit of a idea of where they might be heading next year. They're all coming to Workington. Every single one of them. I mean, that's another interesting one. Um, obviously, Workington coming back into the league, and, and you'll know a little bit more... Um, I actually I haven't seen anything since like the last time we spoke about it but I'll pretend that I know everything well that's I mean you'll know a lot of the local riders who might be at Workington next year I suppose I think there's only three Cumbrian riders now obviously there's you know there's riding and cooking that they'll all be at Workington I I hope so I would like us to back the locals Rothery I don't know if Richardson's old enough yet but he'll be getting there and um Big Carl Bickley on his 11-point average that we can 100% fit in. And let's get Adam Warren as well. Well, you could fit Carl Bickley in. And it, I it think we could fit Craig Cooking. Alan no. Webdale. No. Captain Comet, who was our mascot. He started doing some amateur meetings at Scunny. Oh, I thought you were being serious, then. Well, I mean, semi-serious, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on it. But I mean, as you said, that Leyland Richardson, he's one as well. We've uh, we've said that one off air that if he signs, I might start crying. But I won't mention it because it's a bit rude. Who was that? I want to bring it up. I, I'll I'll tell you later. I'm not not gonna not gonna do it up live. But if anybody wants to have a guess, you know where the messages are. I'll tell you. And if the writer messages oh. me, then it's definitely not him. Have we had that? Have we had this discussion tonight? No, it was like two weeks ago. At your age, I'm, I'm not surprised you forgot it, to be fair. No, I... Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, I do. Anyway, back to Plymouth and Braden time. Based on their season, what do they get? Hmm. Good question. Do you want to go first? Because I actually need to have a quick gander. I shall 
I'm go- I'll go first. Um, although they've had a very similar, obviously a very similar season record-wise in terms of, in, in comparison with Armadale, I think whereas the Armadale one was slightly different in terms of the changes they had to make, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Plymouth a D. I, I was around the, I was going to say D minus. I'm sure they won't be happy with the season that they yeah. had, but I think there is enough bright spots there to give them Con- a D. Considering the, the major issue with Henry and Dan. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. You know, the, your team is just gone at that point. So, but yeah, I mean, you a, a 10 point win against Armadale, just losing to Berwick at home. And obviously, just like Armadale, beating Bellevue at home as well. Um, and a, a solid showing at Kent, actually. I didn't realise that. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go D. I, I've, I've changed my mind. D. Like it. I prefer D. It's a better option than a minus. Indeed. And then, I ran the boards. Award. I've got one in mind for this one. Who is it? Go on. Oh dear. Oh, no. I'm actually going to go for. I'm not. I'm not going to give Ben Trigger all the glory tonight. I'm going to give this one to Reese Naylor. I love that. I love that from you. I was going to do the exact same. Purely because he's he's come back after some time away from the sport, and he's he's again another word I've used on the show. <laughs> he's he's solidified a team that was was struggling through injuries. I think it's commendable the performance he's put in, and I think it was Reese who partnered Adam Roynan in the pairs, was it not? It was. Place, so full credit to Reese. I think he's had a terrific season. I would agree, and that's why he's my pick as well. We're really good at this. We should keep yeah, Rob off more often. Rob would be all over the place. I think he'll be the first to admit National Development League's not his ex- area of expertise. It was Probably. a perfectly timed um, review. He's only got to sit through far more than five more. I think, um, in, t- in terms of the knowledge I've got from the National Development League since the season first started, is far greater than what it was. Um, I must admit, I had a quite a naivety to 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 the the third division of the sport, but the fact that the riders that are coming through now, there's some great potential coming through um, for the future, and it's still coming through as well, right from the bottom right up into the top of the league. And I think it's a really competitive league. I know I've only experienced it a couple of tracks this season and Mildenhall's not the greatest place to go, I'll be honest with you. Um, all, all I'm going to say is I'm third in the National Development League Fantasy League table. So, yeah, just leave it there. So you, must, you must know a little bit then. I, I would say it's all luck. You know, I put Dan, Dan Thompson in just hope for the best. <laughs> Everyone's done that, haven't they? I'd assume so. I would assume so. Well, but I did it better, so it's okay. I'm just going to catch up on some of the scores because it's, it's not very often that I get to say this, but Kingsland are actually 34-14 ahead against the champions. Do you want to know what the Sheffield score is? Go, is it, go on. It's it's a gone. It is ahead. It is on. It's 31-17. Oh, Connor Mountain is on 9-paid 10. 10 paid 11. That 10 paid 11. 10 paid yeah. 11. My bad. Jason Edwards is on 7 paid 8. Half friend of the show, Sam Masters and Bean. Only half, though. Ah, he would have come on both times. Yeah. Tom, Thomas Jorgensen's unbeaten, is he? Go, TJ. 
2023 Workington comment, Thomas Jorgensen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how it would work, to be fair, but we'll find a way. Yeah. Anyway, after them, we'll move on to, where are we up to now? The Kent Royals. Um, difficult to, I think, compared to the bottom two, um, we're now into the, the realms of teams that have probably had better seasons. Yeah. Um, for, for different reasons. Um, Kent, um, they finished sixth this season out of a possible eight, which doesn't sound overly great considering they were fourth out of six last year. So there's no real change in terms of league positions. Um, didn't enjoy a great development pairs competition. Um, only only seventh out of the eight teams in that. They scored nine points, I believe it was, in the pairs. Um, and then they're the first team that we come to that, that took part in the uh, knockout cup. They went out in the semi-finals to Mildenhall. Um, losing the first leg away from home 51-39, winning at home 48-42. But it's fair to say their season was based, I wouldn't say wholly, but... Heavily. Um, we'll say heavily. Heavily on their home form. Yeah. I think that move to sitting ball was not only big for them so they could keep on running, but it's a huge change. Obviously, you know, Central Park was a, a bit of a tricky track to ride, but it's not... Nothing like sitting ball, you know. The, I mean, our friend James just rides for. Well, he did ride for the uh, M- MSDL team. I think it's yep. MSDL. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he said, if you just if you don't turn that, because of the first bend is, you get it right or you you in defence. So there was a lot of first bend bunching this season. Um, and I think it's it's been key for them. If you look at the home averages as well. Really shows, you know, they've got one, two, three, four riders above nine. Obviously, two of them didn't finish the season, but you, know, you can't take that away from them. It, yeah, I think. I would I say they we, might have made the playoffs if they didn't lose. I was just about, yeah, I was just about to say, Kent, probably the the ones that can feel the most aggrieved missing out on the playoffs. They brought Alfie Botel, obviously, lasted six meetings before his injury finished his season. And you thought, who were they going to bring in to replace a guy who's averaging 10.67? Lo and behold, Max Clegg comes in. He's <laughs> averaging 11.83. But there is a gap of three fixtures there where they didn't have a Max Clegg or an Alfie Botel. And then you also look at the form of Joe Alcock, who completed three meetings at the beginning of the season for an 8.62 average and then had that horrifying crash at Scunthorpe, um, which, which finished his season off. And for me, they never really replaced Joe Alcock. It was a bit impossible because I think he hadn't achieved his new average yet. So yeah, it was like a five point. It was like Henry Atkins, you know. It was like a five point something, which was no matter who you sign, unless it's Henry Atkins, it's impossible. And um, it wasn't Henry Atkins; it was Connor King. But I would say Connor King has held his own. I think he's done well. To, obviously, going into a role that was probably deemed impossible to replace. He's not disgraced himself. But yeah, it's, oh, uh, I, I agree. He's had, he done he done much better at Kent than he did at Plymouth earlier in the season. He's, he's upped his average in nine meetings there above a five, uh, above a six, including bonus points as well. But um, again, I suppose the problem with Kent, they relied so much on their home form and the form of Clegg, of Morley, of Botel, of Verge, of King. They had a long tail as well. Yeah. Um, 
obviously, you know, if you're winning the Heat too, like Chris and Sam Willey, Chris Watson, Sam Willey. Yeah. So, you know, it's... With the team that they had set up, I don't think much was expected or needed from the reserves, to be honest. Did you know they only won one race between them at home all season? I didn't know that. I thought they won more. I'm not going to lie. So I'm just going to pretend that I didn't say about winning Heat 2. <laughs> I, I, I thought I'd better put you right. Yeah, thanks. Save, save me a bit of a, a bit more embarrassment than already, but <laughs> it happens. Um, no, I, I think the the main problem there was Joe Alcock, you know, ir- irreplaceable. Um, and obviously Bortel as well. You know, they got lucky with Clegg, but you know, it's you've got to heal the team management for that. You know, it's when when Alfie was injured, I don't think many would have expected them to basically get a like-for-like signing. So, fair play to them. Um, I'd say Connor's had a solid year. I think Daniel maybe could have done a little bit better, but it's not like he's had a poor year. It's it's solid from him. Um, Yeah. You know, the bottom end maybe could have got minor improvements than what they did, but yeah, I would still say it's it's a solid year for Kent, especially when it looked like they weren't going to be coming to tapes as well. So, looking, come to our first one then, which was the rider of the season. So, I'll come to you first. Who was your Kent rider of the season? It's hard I, to argue with this one, I think, isn't it? I didn't do it in in the team of the season, but I, I, wanna, I really think it has to go to Arpie Bortel. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't think you were going to go that way. I think he needs to be mentioned. I think he has to get something. I don't I, think I, I could do it for the, the team of the season, but I'd give him ride of the season. I, I agree. I think he he deserves something after the way he started at home. I don't. I don't think I, I I was and I wasn't shocked by his the way his season went in the end. Um, I knew he'd be solid, um, but to see him as go as, as well as he did, I thought you were actually going to go Ben Morley. To be honest with you. Because you and Rob put him in your yeah, I bet they've had good seasons. But you know, when you've got double figure averages home and away, and you've done more than one away match, then it has to be Botel, I think. I'm, but, I'm happy to go Alfie Botel because he's friend of the show. Plus that, you know, yeah, uh, shoeing sorted, friend of the show, done. And then I'm, I suppose we're looking at most improved. Um... I'll let you I, do this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little think about it as well. I don't want to give too much of a think because this is radio. So it's okay. I've done it lots of times. Um, I, was, I, I want to give Joe Alcock a mention. I don't think three meetings is enough to give him most improved, but I, you have to assume that had the season have carried on and he, he would have main, maybe not maintained that average, but he'd have been well up there. Yeah, and then Kent, and then Kent would have probably found himself in the playoffs as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's difficult to give Alcock, Botel, Clegg, Morley. Then we look at the bottom end. There's not much improvement there. I think for me, there's there's possibly only one rider that's could be a most improved, and that's Connor King. Yeah, from from where he was at Plymouth, um, a bit down in the dumps. I mean, he's not come into Kent and transformed their season, but 
he's he's maintained his position and rode really well and offered some good backup for uh, Morley and Clegg at the top end and and that is why um, Kent have had such good form at home although they've won a couple of matches out of five away so I mean they won at Plymouth and I think that was the season opener actually and we were all quite shocked especially you Kane having Plymouth top of the league yeah um, it happened though so we moved and, and, and then they won at Armadale a couple of meetings later the last four away meetings were, were write-offs really absolutely humped at Milton yeah. Hall Bellevue Leicester and Oxford um, their home wins were very narrow, and again, I think for a lot of their home meetings, if memory serves me correctly, it was it was the five ones in heat thirteen and fifteen that got them over the line. Yeah. So particularly the Plymouth and Bellevue ones spring to mind. Maybe even the Milden Hall draw as well, where the heats thirteen and fifteen were important to him. But Connor King, I think, can be proud of what he's done at Kent, um, and hopefully he can push on next season. He's a local lad. Um, I think he's Suffolk based. Um, so it's uh, hopefully see him. He might even be in and around Milton Hall next year. Well, he might be at King's Inn, you know, wink wink. We've had a rumbling, possibly he'll be back in the National League. Huh? I, I mean, it's, it's nothing I've heard, but if I mean, you, you consider... did, we spoke about it. <laughs> well, I know we spoke about it, but I hadn't heard nothing before that. Oh, okay, yeah, and I think it yeah, came out of nowhere. Heard. I haven't heard anything about it until that person told us. But, I mean, we're looking... I mean, you look at a Kings Lynn team that they might be able to put out. I mean, Reese Naylor's a one. He's a lo- I think he's local. Don't get... I, I, might I don't know. I mean, Geordie Scott, Elliot Kelly. Yeah, Elliot Kelly. John Jody Jenkins. Scott, why not? Ashton, Ashton Bowen. Yeah. I mean, that's some team already. Yeah. Scott Campos. You never know. Scott Campos. <laughs> We're going back in time now. But there's a couple of free point riders there. Yeah. They've had a hell of a team in that division. I, for one, would like to see more National League teams. So, come on, Alex Brady. Get it done. Please. Oh, yeah. Simon And then Simon Lambert leading it. What a rider. The number <laughs> one Lambert, people would say. I mean, he probably is in a lot of Kings Lynn fans at the moment. <laughs> so standing there in the freezing cold watching, <laughs> watching Kings Lynn absolutely... At least they're winning. At least they're winning. It's 41. Did I say it was 41 19 or have we moved on? Uh, you said it was 30 something 14. Yeah. Jay, Richard Lawson's just proving why he's the fifth best rider in the Premiership. To be Doyle. He's not even riding he, Doyle. Yeah, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Zagar is just beat. Yeah. Did, did I not say to you, though, apart from Kurtz or Zagar, that the Kings Lennon win this meeting? You did. And they have scored nine. Um, They've got 13 out of 19. Yeah, 13 of the 19. Big Simon Lambert with a mighty four points. Gansom. And then and then back at Sheffield, 38-22. Jason Doyle still unbeaten. I don't think he's rode Connor Mountain yet, though. You know why? He's scared. I just don't understand these two meetings. Just pointless, really. Both quite I, shambolic. For, for, for the integrity, is the word I was looking for, of the league, I can understand why these meetings need to get run, but why are they doing them now? I would just leave ridiculous. it. I would have just left it. I mean, Kingsland haven't got any season tickets, so I mean they've just conned everybody out of twenty quid tonight just by not announcing Robert Lambert being there. So it is what it is. Uh, I think yeah. the scientific term is British Speedway, isn't it? <laughs> it's the only term that we can come up with, man. Yeah. 
Oh well. But, yep. Back to the Kent team. And oh yeah. Who who will they be looking to retain next year? Obviously, Dan O'Verge um, retired at the end of the season. Did he? Did you not see that? I didn't see that. I Bring saw James Sargent was hired. That James Sargent has retired, yeah, but Dan O'Verge has uh, he completed his final meeting um, as well. So obviously, he's one that won't be returning next year. But oh, that's a shame. Um, I would say Joe Alcock has to be there. Yep. First name on the sheet for me. Um, wouldn't say no to Connor King. Um, I think Morley will be back, won't he? Yeah, he's got to be. Um, Morley or Botel? Although Botel's got a lower average by like point zero six, but they're still very high. It's a bit like Jugs for me. He's probably a bit too good for it now. But Botel's still got a broken leg and uh, ACL injury. I don't know if you saw um, his update. Didn't. I have been off grid for a long time. It's not um, it's not healing as well as he thought it would do, I don't think. Um, so I suggest he's still got quite a long way to go. Possibly puts him as a shoe in for the National League then. Extra rides, more confidence. Yeah. Hope the points limit isn't 21. I just think Morley is the obvious option. I think one of them. I wouldn't say both of them. No, I don't think that they'd fit both of them in, to be honest. And then I'll, I'll maybe take Sam Woolley. At reserve. Woolly, Halder. Woolly. I reckon it'd be one of the two. Yeah. I wouldn't say Chris Watts is completely out of the picture either, because I think it's his first season. Yeah. So, you 2, never know. 2.29 average in his 14 meetings. Sam Woods only had three meetings in the end. I think he came back from retirement as well. So, yeah. you'd maybe hope for better things if you gave him a second year. Mm. But I can't see Max Clegg being there anyway. I can't see Max yeah, Clegg being that, there. That might be a little too bold. He might be. I would imagine he'll he'll crop up in the championship somewhere. So we will grade the Kent from this season. I'll come to you first for this one. Hmm. Seven Putting... wins, one draw, and six losses. Yeah. Putting the injuries into account, I'd give them a C. Just missing out on the playoffs and you know losing Alcock. Um, who else did they lose? Botel. Yeah, well, Botel. Um, obviously you did, you did get the replacement for um Alfie, but like you said, you know Joe wasn't. Whoever you signed, not you not getting the gap. same guy. What was there a gap of three? There was three meetings where they didn't have a replacement. Yeah, and then obviously losing Alcock, bringing King in, there was still a, there was still a gap of two meetings there, and they never did replace um, Joe Alcock. I would put them around the C area, maybe a C minus. I was thinking C minus. Yeah, I'm sure they'll want to make improvement. I think they can make improvements. Um, I think Mildenhall were the team that took points off them at home, which you would expect. Um, based on the, the, the similarities in the track, and then Oxford took points off them as well. Um, I can't remember if that was the meeting Luke Kalintov scored. I think that was at Plymouth. You're right. I think. Um, so, moving on. 
and our round the boards award for Kent's rider of the season. Um, I've got two riders in my mind. One's one's quite good, may or may not be in the team of the season. And one of them is recently retired and made me feel bad. <laughs> so, so one's Dano Verge, maybe, and the other is Ben Morley. I, I I would go along with Ben Morley. You and Rob both had Ben Morley in your teams at, at the start of the season. We oh, did. At the end of the season, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we we have to include him somewhere. Yeah. In these discussions, and the only top three rider to actually do a full season. So. We'll go with that. Perfect. Well, that, that actually finishes our reviews for this week. We probably could have done a four. We probably could have done. Um, oh, well. I have a fourth one ready if you want to do a fourth one. Go on, then. Let's get it done. So, we've also got... we got Oxen on there as well. It's going to be... Bellevue like Colts. Bellevue first, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we'll just do Bellevue. Don't want to rush them too much. Oh, let me just uh, find that looks, some figures. That looks I was cool. going to go through the fixtures this week as well, but you can do that first if you want. Yeah, let's. Uh, before, while I'm while I'm getting my head around this one, I'll just go through what fixtures we do have left remaining um, in the season. So tonight sees the finish, or well, the actual finish of the league campaign in the um, in the Premiership. Tomorrow night, it is the... Just quickly, uh, I'll be back in a minute, so waffle as long as you can. Oh, okay. The uh, Tomorrow night is um, the fifth leg of the best pairs coming from Leicester, but it's actually the round which should have been at Sheffield, but due to date availability, um, it's going to be at Leicester. Then on Wednesday evening, I believe, it is... Pool in the first leg of the championship grand final against Leicester. Um, Thursday evening, we've got a double header coming from Mildenhall as they take on Leicester Lion Cubs. Um, the first meeting will be the grand final playoff first leg, and then the second meeting will be the knockout cup final second leg. Um, and then we also have round six of the premiership pairs coming from Bellevue. Friday evening, we've got the Teesside Silver Helmet at Redcar, which was called off last week. Um, and then on Saturday, October the 29th, another double header coming from Leicester, um, starting with the Championship Grand Final second leg, and then finishing with the National Development League Grand Final second leg. And then on Sunday, October the 30th, we have the Kent Pairs Championship uh, starting at midday, and we also have the British Youth Championships just after at Kent uh, for all classes and what will be round seven of that. So still plenty of speedway to come. Uh, this season. I believe there is also the Jubilee, which the fixtures were on it and now seem to have disappeared. So I'm assuming that Paul and Leicester have also pulled out of the Jubilee um, due to availability of dates. And there was also the second leg of the Knockout Cup final to fit in there as well. So I'm not sure when that's going to fit in as well. So as we said, Kane, there's um, still lots to fit in and not very many dates left. I don't think it's getting done. I think we need to bin off that Jubilee. Well, that, Not that I'm saying on Team Glasgow, but... I was just I was just saying um, the fixtures have actually disappeared. Oh. They had the, the Leicester versus Paul fixtures on there. 
was it Leicester Pool? Yes. Yes, it was, yeah. And they've disappeared. So I'm guessing that they've been the whole competition. Or, well, they find it, well, the fact that Leicester are involved in so many competitions still. It, it's one of them things that, you know, that has to be started in, like, March, April. And, finish, you know, you can finish the group matches, you know, maybe April or May. But then it's just just have two legs. You know, I, I get you want to be fancy, you know, but what, what was so bad about having one leg at Sheffield? Or yeah. one leg on a neutral flex somewhere? Because, you know, we doubling up the, and that, it's not ideal. But, you know, there's, there's things out there. The Premiership Knockout Cup was, was finished before the beginning of April, was it? No, before the beginning of May. And it's taken till now, and we've still only had one leg of the final. And then the Premiership pairs, although I think was a really good idea, I think it's just now an appalling idea. That had to be finished earlier as well. Yeah. Like, summertime. Like, Kings, I know Kings Inn have got um, Richard Lawson and Richie Worrell tomorrow, which isn't the worst partnership in the world at Leicester, Richie Worrell right yeah. there. But then, at the round six at Bellevue, we've obviously given Mildenhall permission to use Jason Edwards. So, I, I assume we're going to go there with two riders. But then you have to use a, a rising star in one, eh, don't you? You've got another rising star, haven't you? No, well, wait, it was Jack Thomas, but he's injured. Oh, yeah. Um, there'll so be someone. Sure. Maybe a Aston guest. Bowen. Go on. Let's have it. Give him a chance. I'll Would do it. Luke, Harrison? Luke Harrison's not allowed to ride for Mildenhall in the final. Is it because he, he rode for... Oh. Revelation for you now. I thought it would be because he rode... Because there's a thing if you ride like a certain track. Um... You can't go back there. Oh, my headphones have fallen out. <laughs> I do apologise. Right. You could be right on that one. I assumed it was because of um, he's unattached. I'm sure I read somewhere because he's unattached. I, I I didn't know that was a thing, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah I know. Right. I know. As if you ride it a truck, you can't go back like a week or so. Yeah. Oh, no, that was, yeah, because that's for guest apparent. You can't, a guest uh, that's been there like the previous seven days or seven days afterwards. Yeah. Something along those lines. Anyway, we'll move on and finish off with our last review of the week, which is the Bellevue Colts. I'm going to get it out early. The biggest disappointment of the season. This is so uncanny, Kane. I was just about to say the same thing. I will not be holding back. I will. I will. But yeah, me, they've had a really disappointing year. The Bellevue Colts have had um, a very settled team. Um, yeah. If you look at uh, you look at the averages and the appearances. They have all rode um, a considerable amount of matches. Um, only really the one change, which was uh, Jake Mulford, was brought in to replace uh, Jack Parkinson Blackburn after he retired. Um, other than that, everyone was quite. It was quite a solid team. I think um, where they finished, they finished fifth out of the eighth in the league, which compared to the third from the previous season um, was quite disappointing for them. Um, in the pairs, they finished bottom. They only scored eight points in the pairs. And if we look at their record, it's it's quite alarming um, where it was won and lost for them. I actually thought they were a shoe in to make the playoffs because I didn't I think I had them second them. or something. I had them quite high as well. Yeah. Um, to, to lose at Armadale so easily in that last meeting, which cost them when they only needed a point, I believe it was. 
Yeah. Uh, was very disappointing. They've, they managed to win seven out of seven at home. Some I'd say one, two, three, four, five, five really big performances at home. Um, and two other 50 points. They didn't score less than 50 at home, but away from home, they are averaging just below 60 at home, actually. Yeah, they, they won. Yep. And they won one meeting away from home, which surprisingly was at Milton Hall. Um, yeah. That, that was couple, the, the major performance, I would say. Yeah. And then there was a couple of meetings where they picked up um, losing bonus points, Oxford and Kent. But other than that, just quite abysmal on the road. Um, Fair assessment? Yeah. I don't think they've had an outstanding year. I would say, you know, I don't want to say lack of experience, like it's a bad thing, but you know what I mean? They don't have an experienced head in the team. It is theoretically, you know, taking out Jack Smith, I think they're all teenagers. Yeah. So you can, you can let them off a little bit, but, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people were putting them up to playoffs even making the final. Just to miss out, it's um, it would be painful, but it's happened. Um, I think it, it's pretty disappointing as well. I think we all had them in the top three at the beginning of the season. Um, Rob was Rob had them top, I was second and you were third, I think. But as you say, Jack, Jack Smith, the obvious uh, old statesman, and, and it's difficult to even call Jack Smith older he's, statesman. He's doing like 24, something yeah. like that. The old guys there. You've got um, Mulford, obviously experienced, very little experience, Premiership experience in the end. Nathan Ablett had a uh, had a strong season or a season in the Championship with Paul last year. Harry McGurk dipped in with Plymouth um, for short spells, but I think rest, that actually made his season worse. I I tend to agree as well. I think his form sort of dipped after he went to Plymouth. Yeah, I, mean, I think Harry he lost a lot Sam, of confidence. Harry and Sam started off like a house on fire for me, really. And, and then both seemed to fall away. Uh, Sam a little bit more than what than what Harry did, but um, yeah, the, the season ended quite disappointingly for him in the end. To miss out on the playoffs is yeah, it's quite disappointing. Um, I, I expected a lot more of him, but in terms of riders of the season, who was who was your rider of the season from Bellevue? And to be fair, this as, as as harsh as we've just been on them, there there are candidates for the from all over the team for that. Position. Yeah, I mean, you've got six riders at home, averaging eight or over, and Freddie's on six point four, which isn't bad for a debut. Yeah, but it's the away form that really makes it an issue for me because you know Jake Jake Mulford's the other one, averaging over six point six two with an eight three eight, and then Ablett six six one. So it's it's. That's the big problem that we've said, you know, that's where the matches that have been lost and where the season's been flattened, really. But um, just going back to the ride of the season, um, I would give it to Nathan Ablett. Maybe a bit of a, a different one that might have been expected, but I think it's only his second year. Maybe yeah. he's there at a push, but, you know, what's he got at home? An eight five nine at home, six. Where's he gone? Six six one away. Yeah. He's said in the averages. Um, you know they were expecting big things this year from Nathan, and I think he's done well. But you know I think there's still people in this team that have done better, 
but then it, it just goes down to the other way for him. Um, that you know you would expect maybe Harry McGurk, Jack Smith to do a little bit better. You know, just it is what it is. Do we give it to Jake Mulford then? I'm reluctant to give it to Nathan Abler because I I don't know the reasons, but his non-appearance at Armadale. Yeah, I think that, that actually cost him. It probably did. Do you think how many points he would have potentially got? I personally, I would go for Jake Mulford. I wouldn't be against it, but we 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 don't really know what happened with Nathan Yar. If it was a an issue, or his van broke down. Wink, wink. Um, had a few of them. Yeah. Some people dodgy motors around today. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be against giving it to Mulford. Obviously, he's your, your pal, isn't he? My so pal? Yeah, Kingsland. Oh, one of, one of the many people I've spoke to. Yeah. I'm a bit of a celebrity on the circuit, now. You know how it is. But the podcast is booming. <laughs> <laughs> then we come to most improved rider of the season. I've got a couple here. Go on. It's the two, it's the two reserves, funnily enough. Which one are you giving it to? I don't know. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Archie Freeman, I think. Archie Freeman, averaging eight at home. Fractionally shy of five away from home. I'm team Freeman as well. Yeah, I, I just think he's, he's he's another... What is he, 15, 16? 16. Yeah, he's only a young... Maybe 17 well, now, but it's, it's his second yeah, year anyway. Freddie Hodder is, is as well, but I'm I'm just... Just angling towards Archie Freeman a little bit. Me too. This is really easy. Yeah, I know. You wait till Rob comes next. That'll be absolute carnage next week when he comes back. At least we've got a solid argument for who causes the issues. And it's not me anymore. (laughs) So I suppose the most difficult one now is the picks for next season. Because so many of them have had good seasons. They can't possibly get them all back next year. No. This is where home form has been an issue, but the away form might save them. The first one I'm looking at is Sam McGurk. I think he's probably going to come back. I think both McGurks will go back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Freeman. Again, I wouldn't say no. Hodder. I think Hodder will be back as well. I would like to see Jack Smith, but... I think it's at the top end that they need to have another look at it. Yeah. So I think Freeman and Hodder and Sam McGurk is three of the bottom four and Harry McGurk is one of the top three is, is a good start. If you could get Jake in, uh, I don't know if he would be, uh, he'd want to do the season. Cause I, I, I can't remember if it was, he didn't get asked or he wasn't going to do it to start with. I think he had a lot of um, long track and grass track. Yeah, I know that was a, an issue. But again, you know, I think he, Honestly, I think he could be a 10 or 11 pointer next year. You know, give, give him a full season. In another year, it's only going to go one way for him. Like I said, I would like to see Jack Smith, but with it being a numbers game, you never know. I would say on an 8.36, he's, he's more than capable of adding a point or two to that. But, you know, we've been saying that for a couple of seasons now as well. Could you argue that them five or them seven given one more year's experience, would be a better side next year? I I think, yes. 
I think it could actually be probably one of the best teams not to make the playoffs. I mean, if well, like, if I mean, if the points average is about forty-five next year, it's, no, sorry, forty. It's well over. This and this is what I mean about the the points limit. Do you keep talking? I'm going to do some quick maths. 16, 23, 30. Because that comes to about 41 or 42. They're top seven. Eight, um, just double checking. Eight, 16, 23, 30, 35, 40. No, that comes just to around 45, 46. It is. So then we're talking about. Oh, I, thought, I, I, I ruined it. It's about 47, I think. So well, you, you're not going to get it, basically. <laughs> Leave it there. But if you what you it, could do you is, you know, you could take out Ablett, maybe someone like that, or Mulford, plop in Luke Harrison. You could, you'd have to take out Ablett and McGurk and bring two three pointers in, basically. I mean, Luke Harrison, play. there's one. I think he's yeah. slightly local. We've heard rumours that he might be at Bellevue. Um, we've also heard rumours that he might not be. So it is no help it's at all. He's, he's available. Yeah. Go on, get on the phone, Andrew Byrne. Please, come on, please, please, please. Um, you know, I mean, there's, I think there's there's a few riders around that area, you know, that you could get in. Um, you could always just take a chance on someone as well. If you, if you have that top five, if they perform as they should, the reserves won't need to do anything. You know, as long as they win heat two, Pick up some points at home. Should be okay. Should be. Should be. Mm-hmm. We said, I mean, we're probably expecting this this season, to be fair, but you never know. So what What? What grade are we giving them then? I'm not going to be nice. Did we give C, did we give Kent a C? C minus, I think. C minus. I did have a mystery figure in the way. I'm going to so, give them, oh, go on. Oh no, you go on. I, I think it should be lower. Stress. I think it needs to be lower than Kent. I do. Oh. This is easy. It, what are we saying? A D. The same as Plymouth. I think I think their seasons were very... Could have been so different if Plymouth hadn't have had them injuries. The same as Kent. Bellevue could have found himself even lower in the league had it not been for the injuries sustained by both of them teams. Yeah. Um, no, I would give them a, a D, maybe D minus, because it, it it really should have been pushing for the final, let alone the playoffs. No, I agree with it. But you know, you can't say they've had a terrible season because they've got what is it, five riders on an eight point average at home. But you know, yeah. it's the away form that's really done this, them in. This has always been the case for me. League titles are won away from home, not at home. Yeah. So, we've, we've got a few minutes left to go, so now we'll present our Round the Boards Award to our rider of the season. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah. I want to give it to somebody that's not received anything yet, but... Oh, I've got a, a name. Go on then, because I, I need some help. How about we give it to Freddie Otter? I was thinking him, but I didn't want it to seem like a sympathy vote. I, I mean, it, it's his first season. He's yeah. 15. And yeah. you've come in, you've got a six-point average at home. 
you got just short of a five away. It's far from terrible. And I think he was, you may might have been a little bit done over in the most improved, but you know it's it's yeah, a young it's team. It's, it's like you know you could really make a case for all of them. Yeah. But you know I don't think many people would have expected him to end on an average of a five. So yeah. Yeah. Well done to him in the end. And uh, with a few minutes left to go, that concludes our reviews for this week. Um, so, Kane, well, thanks for making that so easy, Kane. You're welcome. I can't wait for it to go downhill. Well, we've got Rob next week. Rob should be back, and I'm assuming we will be looking to wrap up the remainder of the National Development League next week. So we will have the reviews from Oxford, Berwick, Mildenhall and Leicester. Fingers crossed that when we come to record on the 31st of October, we do actually have the season complete. And we're not, we're not guessing the last few bits. So, If, if it yeah, is, we, look, we might be moving to the Championship. We, we, we look forward to doing them next week. But um, I'll, I'll, actually, we'll just come to the scores, the final Premiership scores. Freddie Atkinson's average is not going to be good. Yeah, it's, he's got 13 and a bonus tonight. Does, yeah. he, does he know what's going on? Goes out, rides his bike, has fun, gets paid. Let's go. Oh, oh, well, anyway, Kingsland lead 52-32 with one heat remaining. And Sheffield lead 53-31 against Ipswich with one heat remaining. So, we'll wait to see. We'll bring you updates on the final league table when we do our... Have you seen who's in heat 15? It's not Freddie Jacobson, is it? It's Connor Mountain. Robert Lambert. Oh. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I wish. He's been at number eight all this time. Connor Mountain and Sam Masters. Go on, Connor. Relying on you. Is it against Doyle as well? Uh, Doyle and King. Come. Oh, it's finished. It's finished? Connor Mountain finished last. Oh. Oh, well. 5-1 to Ipswich. So Sheffield won 54-36 in the end. Just have one last blast from Kings then. Lawson and Jorgensen versus... You can probably guess who. Yeah, Kurtz and Zagar, the only two yeah. that have got left. But uh, anyway, that concludes our show from this evening. So thank you for joining me on the show, Kane. Anytime, Buster. <laughs> and we will be back next week, joined by Rob, as we conclude our reviews of the National Development League. But for now, hopefully, thanks for listening. And hopefully you'll all be listening again next week. Or thank else. You. Yeah, thank you very much. Bye. Network.